Bloor and Catherine, one of Rimpure's European team, and I'm delighted to welcome Chris Circuit in our first series of webinars. This is being recorded and you'll be sent a copy in case you want to revisit this discussion, but thank you so much for joining us today. We asked Chris if he would join because of his interest in the topic of data, not to mention his combined skills in managing companies' P&Ls, commercial astuteness, compliance awareness, record of innovation, business transformation, and targeted delivery across different business sectors, including B2B outsourcing and energy, oil and gas in the UK and internationally. Chris and I will be taking questions later, but feel free to ask us anything using the question box located in the control panel. I will say now that Chris is not a customer of Wimpure. We wanted to talk to someone who has never used Wimpure or even been shown or tested our solutions so that our conversation is not steered as it were. Chris, perhaps you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah, good afternoon, everybody. And obviously, for some people, that might be good. Good morning. Uh, after that introduction, first of all, what I would say is you can see why I look so old and ragged. <laughs> long, long career in a whole range of different uh, enterprises. Uh, delighted to be here today. I got asked really just to give a, an overall general management perspective to some of the issues regarding data and uh, look forward to uh, discussing the issues and trying to see where this conversation takes us. So many thanks for inviting me to take part. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, let's just kick off with the first question we have for you. Um, in an age where companies are relying on data to make strategic decisions, what do you think could be the biggest challenge they're facing? For me, I think the, and having worked in businesses where, you know, we are sometimes awash with data, the biggest challenge for, for management is making decisions based on the correct data. The one thing that modern businesses aren't short of these days is data. Uh, the ability to hold large amounts of data at uh, relatively uh, inexpensive cost means that businesses are awash with data. However, it's being able to assure that you've got the right data and the data which can assist your business. So I think it, the challenge is actually, uh, I suppose, sailing your way through the choppy waters of data to get to the right data. Okay. In your experience, what would spur senior management into taking action regarding their data quality? I think there's two things in terms of business. One thing is you can try to get ahead of your competition. And sometimes, you know, businesses see the way the market's going. And what uh, when you see what your competitors are doing, if you want a competitive edge, then that causes you to look at your data and see what additional competitive edge that can give you. The other thing is many times, however, businesses are actually like playing catch up. Your competitors have already gone there and you actually then have to try and see how you recover the ground. So I think a lot of it is driven by uh, your competitors and making sure in, in a crowded marketplace quite often how you use the data to leverage your business and move your business forward. Okay. And how do you think companies can reduce the cost of holding data? The, the easy way, I mean, you know, let's, let's face it, if you just wanted the blunt tool, you'd reduce the amount of data you've got. Um, I, I think it's worth highlighting one of the key drivers to the increase in the amount of data which companies hold. And that has been the colossal drop in the cost of data storage. Um, 
I mean, I, I did some you know research prior to coming on on the call, but if you if you looked at the cost of holding a megabyte of storage on a hard drive, now you won't know the answer to this, Catherine, because obviously you're far too young. Um, but try and give me an idea about what you think in 1957 what the cost of of storing one megabyte of, of storage on a hard drive could have been. Sorry, Chris, I wasn't born. Right, you see, yeah, you see. So, I mean, there are different figures floating around, but one which uh, I came across was it was roughly in today's money about two hundred thousand dollars for storing one megabyte of storage on a hard drive in 1957. Yeah, if you then accept that I could go on Amazon today and buy a eight terabyte disk storage device, hard Hard, hard storage device for 175 quid. <laughs> that shows you where we've gone. So the physical cost of storing data has dropped massively. And that means that businesses have been able to store more, more and more data. If, if in fact the businesses were still looking at $200,000 for a megabyte, the real pressure would be on for you to actually say what the, what's what's the criticality of the data we're storing so that that's one of the things that's led to this explosion in the storage of data and it's and it's no different in many ways to personal behavior um when you got your first smartphone you'd have spent a fortune on perhaps just getting one with 64 gigabytes of storage and, and even now you might have 256 gigs of storage it goes up to a terabyte or not more on, on smartphones now and what that means is you store everything you don't actually necessarily even sort out your own phone storage when we take pictures uh if you're anything like my family you take eight shots to get one good one but then nobody goes back through the phone to actually delete the seven ones you know want to keep that sits on your phone because actually it can do. Your phone is still working, you've, you've stored all of this. And then what you do is you back it up, either onto the cloud or to, or to a hard drive. So you store it again. So our personal behavior causes us just to keep data and to keep items, no matter what it is. And that's replicated in business. So I think, you know, a blunt tool is just to say, let's cut data. And then, you know, the, the, the phrase would be, you then throw the baby out with the bathwater because you may be throwing out the wrong data. So. I think for me, you know, it is, it's actually understanding what your data is before you necessarily chop your data. That's a really good, I like the analogies there, Chris. Thank you for that. Um, it, does, it makes you think, doesn't it? Um, yeah. In a candid session when we were setting up this webinar, you said a beautiful line, uh, which I haven't forgotten. Traditionally, people come from a background where data is brilliant but you want to take them to where meaningful data is brilliant. Um, what initial steps do you think companies can take to make this a possibility? I think, so you're right, you know, the, you move away from a world where, uh, and you know, in the years I've been in business, initially data was good. And actually, you now want to be in the place where good data is good. Mm. So I, I think the key is, first of all, it should be driven by the business. 
what you don't necessarily want. You know, the, the business should decide what data they need for the business, what data is required to make the business successful, and what enables the business to have an edge with the data it's got. So it has to be a business decision, not necessarily, not necessarily just a decision for, if you like, IT folk trying to cut data storage or whatever. The business has to make a decision about what is the data that's required and what constitutes good data. Okay. So I think you know the, the first thing is is an analysis of the data which is in existence and how you, the business can use that as an effective tool. Yes, very much so. I mean, you've spoken about how management is generally risk averse. What would convince them to accept that they need to let go of redundant data or at least sort their data so they can make it meaningful? I think what you have to do is, is if you think that uh, businesses obviously like, like the economy, go in cycles. When you're on the, when a business is on the up cycle, when the business is actually uh, moving up the curve, doing very well, uh, there isn't really a driver necessarily to cut your data or to look at it because everything's rosy in the garden. Life is good. So on the up cycle, it gets very difficult to get people's attention on on some of these important tasks because business is booming, we're all focusing on sales, we're all focusing on improvement. Unfortunately, there's, there's this very unique point to get people to consider it. On the down cycle, you don't have time then to look at it because actually on the down cycle, you're busy cutting costs. So doing data reviews on the down cycle actually is not a task you've got time for. Because when you need to cut costs quickly, you cut costs, you know, traditionally the blunt tools for cutting costs in the business quickly are staff. Um, you look then at cutting, you know, uh, anything you can. You, you review contracts, you do everything like that. So it's, a, it's finding the right cycle to approach in management to say now is the good time to, to look at this. Okay. And um, I, I think that, that's critical. Going to management with a at the right timing about such a review. And then I, I, I think the other thing, and you know, as you've said, I, I'm not a WinPure customer, but invariably it always helps necessarily to bring people in with a different perspective. Mm. So, you know, traditionally what, what companies do is bring in the correct consultants to help you through this, this maze, yeah, to help you with it. And that might be WinPure, it might be others. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying, but you do know, know that you, <laughs> do need, you do need sometimes this external perspective to help you look at it. Okay. And again, from our initial conversation, you've had personal experience of incorrect data categorization. What impact did this have on you as a consumer and your view now of that company? And please don't mention the names. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we, we all get, um, companies are getting very better, uh, getting much better at targeted, what I'd say is targeted marketing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is, it's actually refining that data. So the marketing actually becomes more personal to me. And, you know, I'll give you a, a, a good example. I was, I was lucky enough, uh, about February, I, I bought a, a new car very good. The people I brought it off, excellent company, and they keep in regular touch. 
they sent me some sales marketing today that said, oh, why don't you get your car ready for summer by bringing it in for a summer service? And they clean the air conditioning and all of that. Now, if they'd really known what their data was, someone wouldn't just have picked my name off a, a database that said I was a customer of theirs. They'd have realized I only bought my car three months ago. And actually, the idea of me taking it in for a summer service, why in hell do I need to do that? It's a three-month-old car. So, Did your perception of the company change with that experience? It, it just makes you feel um, that they've used a very blunt tool yeah, to get my attention. And clearly, no, I have no intention of taking my three-month-old car in for a summer service. But it makes you sit there and think, do they know me that well? Yeah. Uh, do they actually know what I need, what my needs are that well? So I think that's a, yeah, that that's a good example for me about they must hold on their database because they hold my details. They only know me because I bought a car off them, and yet, therefore, this was this was one marketing tool which really wasn't relevant to me, but I got it anyway. And I think that's a good i that's a good example of. Yes, they have lots of data. They have lots of databases of who they should send mail shots out to, but they didn't quite know how to use it in the right circumstance this time. Yes. Whereas if you'd had a mail shot saying, we're so happy you chose our company, enjoy your new electric car, it would have been very different. Yes. It, it's, uh, and they might have, there, there might have been some more added sell-ons which are pertinent to me in the position I'm in not this blunt tool of it because obviously they send out to all of their customers the idea that you need a summer service ahead and you need your, your air conditioning looked at yeah. and so it wasn't necessarily pointed to me so i think that's a a good example about knowing what's in your data and knowing how to use it okay well i've been making a few notes as you've been talking chris and i think the questions businesses from what you said should be asking themselves could be categorized, which I hope you don't mind me doing, into the search for meaningful data, how companies can make data meaningful, the cost of storing and holding onto data, and how companies can reduce this cost, and how to approach risk-averse management teams. Yeah, There is a perception that software solutions should be considered when all the questions are answered, and that major data projects need to be decided upon before involving a software solution company such as WinPure. But as we've learned in many years specializing in this field, the sooner you start talking to a company that's interested in your journey, not just their part in it, the easier and more comprehensive the outcome. Would you agree with that? I think, yeah, I mean, I. I... I don't. I think companies they shouldn't be afraid of getting people in to help them to understand their data. Um, yes, the data's yours. You know, the company owns the data. The company needs. You know, one one issue apart from the drop in the cost of data. You know, what is also considered, if you think about it, the change that has happened over the years is it's a lot easier to store data than it ever was. Yeah. But, we, we we all have you know personal hard disk drives which we store data on yeah and i you know i am old enough to remember obviously trying to juggle multiple floppy floppy disks 
Yeah. I remember floppy disks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's become a lot easier for you to keep data personally and in the business because you used to be storing it on multiple floppy disks all the time. Now you've got hard disk drives which you carry around with you and you can take overseas when you go on a meeting and it's it's become so much easier. But again, I, I, I think the thing is, is then is what you're keeping necessary? Because actually humans actually, if you like, have comfort in holding data. We love it. We store everything. And so the business is the same quite often. So you're right. I think getting people in to help you look at the data. But I think probably for me, the where the cycle would start is when a company starts a discussion about what data do we need, come in at that end, come in at that point, that initial discussion, i.e. you're actually working out what the solution is rather than the company being brought in to deliver a solution that somebody else has predetermined. Yes. Because you can assist in coming up with the right, the right solution. That's brilliant. Um, Chris, we do have some questions for you. Well, that's, um, that's that, is, that really puts me in a bad position. <laughs> You'll be fine. I'm just going to click here so I can read it. Um, Chris, great session this. We are a small business. Just wondering what investment is required to make data more meaningful. So do you think it requires a big investment? Um, well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things you can, there's a lot of things you can do as a small business without actually having to do necessarily any investment and I'm talking about there the preliminary work of deciding what's good data and what's good information for your business that can be done with the existing resources you've got and the staff you've got yeah and what that might actually do is help you actually if you like in terms of investment reduce some of your costs by enabling you to dispose of redundant data yeah so but and the other thing about doing a session with either your management teams or whatever and trying to understand what is the required data, it also helps the business understand this business. Okay. Because quite often it's only when you do that inward looking piece of work that you actually under, have a much better understanding across your team about what the business is. Because, you know, even small companies, parts of the business don't talk to the other. So, so you know, Marketing sometimes don't talk to distribution. Distribution perhaps don't talk to operations. Operations don't talk to manufacturing. Getting them all together as this, as this, as this you like, a piece of a project to say, what is the good data we have in this company involving everyone is a great start. Cool. Um, oh, thank you, Mohit. Mohit says you're using great examples, Chris. <laughs> um, another question for you. How can I persuade management to invest and review our data? I suppose you've kind of answered that, but could you give it more clarity? Right, I, I, I think so. Uh, I'm lucky enough to, if you like, have been in my career at various steps in the management ladder. So I've, I've worked in my career as trying to, if you like, uh, convince people of doing things and I ended up my career being one of the people being convinced. So, uh, I, you, you know, your management teams, first of all, you know, they're not stupid people. You know, let's, let's be honest, but they do need a compelling reason to do something. So when you're trying to convince management of taking a particular step, you actually have to be quite clear as to what is the, the end game and what are the benefits of the end game. And whether that is by understanding your data will give you a competitive edge, 
understanding or understanding your data will enable you to reduce cost of holding redundant data. But actually, there is a requirement to clearly show that there are clear business benefits to, to what you are proposing. And then once they are, if you like, clearly identified and clearly elucidated, it becomes a no-brainer for people to then say, let's move down this route. But it is that clarity, yeah? Uh, and what I would say to everyone is clarity in terms of coming up with these decisions, don't necessarily feel you have to do 5,000 PowerPoint slides, yeah? Clear, concise PowerPoint slides are much better than 5,000. Okay. <laughs> and another one here, what is the key to ensuring data is correct and up to date, unlike your experience with your new car. So how would you have wanted them to manage that? Well, I think two things. Their data was up to date because amazing enough, they had just sent me, they got my name and address, they got it all right, that was fine. So it was up to date. I was a customer of theirs, so that was up to date. What it was, was that somebody hadn't clearly understood that I was a customer that had just bought a new car and I didn't need the summer service. So this, so this then- additional data that they actually needed to have on you as a customer in order oh, to target yeah, but probably there, and there must, I, you know, being fair to them, must somewhere in their, in their data bank, they would have had the fact that I had just bought a new car. They would have had the fact that I'd just spent X on a new car. So I think it was all there, and this brings you wonderfully to you know the topic of the conversation is what they weren't able to do was necessarily see you know the right bits of the data to enable them to have done what they did it was just let's send a mail shot to everyone who everyone who has one of our cars rather than let's let's send a mail shot to everyone who hasn't had a, a an air conditioning service before or hasn't whose car is a year is two years old and probably need an air conditioning service right that's fair enough okay uh chris i'm conscious of your time for which we do appreciate um to you and to everybody online at the moment thank you so much for attending today um if you want to carry on this conversation with Wimpure, please feel free to get in touch with us um we do hope you can join us at our next webinar um and Thank you, Chris. We've very much appreciated your time today and hopefully that has been useful for everybody and we will see you all again soon. Take care. Many thanks indeed for having me. It's been a, a very interesting time. Not at all. Thank you, Chris. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.